Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let's begin now. Live and local, 12 o'clock, out of bounds, Dusty Likens, Nick Price. Yo, yo. 610 Sports Radio. Done with Fox Sports Radio, done with all of that. I can't promise you that everything's going to be local today because some gigantic news dropped in the NBA last night. The news that we were all waiting for, Kawhi Leonard is going to the Los Angeles Clippers. But again, we won't dive into that right away. We will get to it Saturday afternoon in the great city of Kansas City. Fourth of July weekend. I don't know if we can still call it that. I think that you can because it's technically the weekend of the 4th of July. Um, but some some interesting stuff has happened over the last couple of days. Some interesting articles. A lot of people think that this is the downtime of the sports world. It kind of is because you just have the summer leagues in the NBA. You have a baseball season that is literally in the middle of the longest season possible of any sport. But nonetheless, we're still here to do our job for you. It might be the downtime on the field, but off the field, there's been a ton going on that we're going to get into today. Yeah. I mean, uh, you got to. We've only got two hours, so only a two-hour show today as we go till 2 o'clock. And then Cody Tapp, who you might know, he's uh, he's pretty good at his job. He's uh, the Royals insider here at 610 Sports Radio, as he's got a big one today. As it is uh, Mad Max against the Royals. Good God, that's going to be fun to watch. Mad Max versus Glenn Sparkman at 3.05. Two Titans clashing together. Yeah, you could say that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Scherzer's going to be fun to watch regardless, though. Yeah, we're going to put an over-under on strikeouts today. It's not a shot at the Royals at all. It's just the fact that it's... I mean... It's a recognition of greatness on Scherzer's part. I've got a couple of takes I want to talk about Max Scherzer about, which I'll get into at about uh, 12.30 today. Um... Yeah, he just sees uh you stay live and local and you say, Why the hell are you gonna talk about a Montreal Expos pitcher? Well, that's the jerseys they're gonna be wearing today, because it's gonna be a throwback. The Royals are in a throwback as well. The Nationals will be wearing the Montreal Expos powder blue with the gigantic Expo logo on the left side of their chest. Mm. Um should be interesting. In fact, Max Scherzer's eye colors will match the jerseys. And uh I there's just a lot going on with that. He's a local kid, he went to a local college, so that fits the live and local. Um, speaking of live and local, if you listen to 610 Sports Radio all next week, all next week, trust me, we're all going to be here. Whether we're on the air, whether we're picking up the phone to call and, or to listen to you win um, a prize, it's Christmas in July all next week. As everybody knows, July 25th is six months before Christmas. Everybody likes winning free stuff. Everybody likes gifts. And that's what 610 Sports Radio is going to do for you in Kansas City. All you literally have to do is listen and call. Everybody's got a cell phone. Everybody's got a radio. Some way, shape, or form. Hell, if you have the radio.com app, you've got two in one. I've got the radio.com app. Nick Price has the radio.com app. It's perfect. You can take 610 Sports Radio with you anywhere you want to go. And you can have it this week as we do Christmas in July as you do Movie Monday. 48 pairs of tickets to Alamo Draft House. Just have to listen from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. 
I know that's 12 hours, and you think to yourself, good Lord, I can't do it that long. I'm just letting you know that from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., there will be giving away prizes of 48 pairs of tickets to Alamo Drafthouse. On Tuesday, Ticket Tuesday, July 9th, Royals, Sporting KC, Mizzou, K-State, International Championship Cup, Bayern Munich versus AC Milan for all you soccer nerds out there, Kansas Lottery 300, Hollywood Casino 400. That's just Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday, your ladies, your wife, wifey Wednesday, $50 gift cards to Back to Body Spa and $50 to Scout and Molly's Boutique. Thirsty Thursday, gift cards to Rye on the Plaza at Ainsworth and Lucas Wine Spirit Superstore. And then Fly Away Friday, register every segment for two tickets to Chiefs versus Bears along with hotel and airfare. You want to go see Matt Nagy? You want to go see Khalil Mack versus Frank Clark? You want to see Mahomes versus Trubisky? You don't remember they took Trubisky over Mahomes? I have no idea. Somebody was drunk. Maybe Chris Broussard was looking at the scouting agency and thought Trubisky was going to be better than Mahomes. That's a shot at Chris Broussard, who I like, but he was really wrong about the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes. Also, we're going to make fun of Mike Francesa because I don't want to make fun of anybody in this industry because that's wrong because you could go back and pull tapes on me when I said Patrick Mahomes would probably throw for like 25 touchdowns and 17 interceptions, and then he threw 50 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. So I'm not going to do that, but I will to Mike Francesa. Because guy's asking for it. Yeah, and he always does. Yeah. But we stick to the live and local atmosphere. We do everything we can to keep you guys here on Out of Bounds and listening to 610 Sports Radio. And, of course, like we said earlier, lots of people think this is the downtime of sports. But sometimes interesting reads make for interesting content that I believe that you'll like just as much as I do. Now, if you listen to Fesco in the morning on Thursday morning, July 4th, I was filling in for those guys who will be back next week because, like we said, you've got a ton going on when it comes for giveaways and Christmas in July here on 610 Sports Radio. But I get home Thursday. It's a terrible 4th of July. It rained all day and night. And then I started searching Twitter yesterday, and I found an article on Arrowhead Pride. I read Arrowhead Pride because, well, we do a lot of work with Arrowhead Pride guys, Kent Swanson, Craig Stout, Matt Lane, and, of course, uh, one of the guys that does a little bit of work for Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. And on Thursday, Sports Illustrated wrote an article talking about the 19 NFL rookies who could make an impact in fantasy football teams. Now, I'm not here to talk about fantasy football. This is just what the article talked about. And one of those 19 NFL rookies was a receiver. And now you're starting to figure out that this is starting to become into Kansas City Chiefs talk, but it's not a name that might be familiar around the league. And that's McCole Hardman. And in the article, it says the selection of Hardman in the second round probably telegraphed Kansas City's expectations for Tyree Kill, who is facing a possible suspension. While the 5'10", 187-pound Hardman isn't an exact clone of Tyree Kill, because, well, honestly, no one is, he's going to run a similar route tree and punish teams who employ the popular cover three defense against Patrick Mahomes. Moving on down, as Arrowhead Pride guys started to write, he said, it is indeed difficult to imagine that it wasn't at least a part of the Chiefs' thinking during the draft but as Orr himself, who wrote the article in Sports Illustrated, Hardman is also a player with a very similar profile as Tyreek Hills. Hill has been very successful in head coach Andy Reid's offense. Why wouldn't the Chiefs try and find a player in the draft who has similarities to Hill, whether he is facing a suspension or not? With what we know, 
We believe Hardman will make the Chiefs roster primarily as a kick returner in 2019, but if Hill ends up with a lengthy suspension or Sammy Watkins, there's the name. If Sammy Watkins cannot remain on the field, Hardman could get a significant playing time at wide receiver for the season. So let's break this down. You look at what the article says in Sports Illustrated as Connor Orr wrote the article of breakout fantasy players. And you look at everything and you think about where this team can stand. We've talked about it all summer that Tyree Kill's probably going to serve a four-game suspension, maybe less, maybe more. He's probably going to miss at least some time. Right. And then everybody saw that they drafted McCole Hardman. And they thought, okay, there's Tyree Kill's replacement because when they drafted him, a lot of people were in the mindset that Tyree Kill may never play for the Kansas City Chiefs again. Remember, it all happened the week before the draft. Right. So I'm there. I'm there with you. Like, I thought that, like, with his past and, like, the way the story was developing, that it was probably going to be not that great for Tyree Kill the rest of the way going forward with the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, the saga has continued. They draft McCole Hardman. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking to myself, okay, now that more is coming out and less is being more significant towards the situation, there's a possibility that he's just going to be there to fill in a void while Tyree Kill is gone. And everything always pointed to McCole Hardman replacing Tyree Kill or taking over for Tyree Kill or doing this. And then you start to think about it and you think, well, maybe Brett Veach pulled a quick one on me. Maybe Brett Veach is looking at something a little bit different. Maybe they know something more. And Brett Veach has done something that's really good. He's fixed the void for two receivers that you honestly don't know the future of at Kansas City. And the receiver that he's got that we just literally just read about 5'10", 187, can run a similar route tree to Tyreek Hill in an offense that literally fits perfectly to who you have at quarterback. We don't need to discuss who's at quarterback. I think the entire world knows who plays quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. And the thing about McCall Hardman is, McCall Hardman is in a perfect situation when it comes to who he sits behind. One of which is Tyreek Hill, the other one of which is Sammy Watkins. I said earlier, Sammy Watkins was the name to think about because Sammy Watkins this year is going to be making... A ton of money. This is what you would consider a Therese Paler comment where he says the contract year is undefeated. Sammy Watkins was a fourth overall pick in 2014 by the Buffalo Bills. He then goes to the Los Angeles Rams. And then last year, he comes to the Kansas City Chiefs where he makes $7.8 million on cap hit for the Kansas City Chiefs last year. This year, it'll be a $19.2 million cap hit. And if and only if he is on this team next year, it is a $21 million cap hit. But wait, there's more. If the Chiefs want to get out of Sammy Watkins' contract this year, we all know they can. That's pretty common knowledge around Kansas City. They can for $7 million, which makes me go back to my original point that Brett Veach has pulled a quick one on me once again. And that is the fact that everyone who thought that maybe McCall Hardman might be replacing Tyree Kill who may never play again for the Chiefs. Now we're starting to think that's a little bit of a exaggerated take. Now we're starting to think that Tyreek Hill's possibly looking at a four-game suspension. Could be less. I don't think the Ezekiel Elliott decision has anything to do with what we see in Tyreek no. Hill. I just honestly don't believe that. I believe we get information on what Tyreek Hill's suspension will be next week. Could be early next week. Could be Monday. Could be Tuesday. But the thing about this is Sammy Watkins is in that prove-it deal. This is where Sammy Watkins has to make it real because Sammy Watkins is 26 years old. 
Very, very young. Only been in the league five years. But almost every single year, Sammy Watkins has a significant setback, whether it's an injury to his foot, to his hamstring, to his whatever it is. He has some sort of in-season setback where Sammy Watkins just can't get on the field or he misses the playing field for a significant amount of time. And in the NFL, when you only play 16 weeks, missing three, four games is significant time. And Sammy Watkins is paid a lot of money to play in the NFL. In fact, $19.2 million cap hit for the Kansas City Chiefs in this next upcoming year, which is where McCole Hardman can come into play. So while McCole Hardman will probably be playing for Tyreek Hill, who might be serving his suspension, whatever he can show there in that X amount of games is going to let the Chiefs know of what maybe they might have, which is going to give him four real big games of opportunity to get used to the NFL, the speed of the NFL, what it's like seeing Mahomes in real life. And we'll get a lot of we'll get to see a lot of McCole Hardman in preseason. You bet your bottom dollar on that. But the thing about it is, is that if Sammy Watkins can't stay on the field and the Chiefs have this last-ditch effort to be like, okay, it's a big year for you, Sammy, because we can pay you $7 million to leave next year or we can pay you $21 million to stay. And at the end of the day, if McCole Hardman can show them that he can fit that role and play in that role and then you have two guys on the outside and Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman that can run that position very well with Patrick Mahomes' arm strength and the way he can develop an offense and extend the plays, You don't need Sammy Watkins on this team. This is a big year for Sammy Watkins, and it was an even bigger draft selection by Brett Feach because he got us thinking. We all thought McCole Hardman was here to take over for Tyreek Hill and to learn the ropes and to become eventually a better receiver as time went on, just like the process with Tyreek Hill. Kick returner, punt returner year one, better route runner year two, still with Alex Smith, year three, polished, perfected, and boom, it happened in like the most perfect possible way. And now you're starting that train over again. You draft a kick returner, punt returner. You see what he can do this year in the league. Now, his season, his start is a little bit more expedited than we'll say what Tyree Kills was. But here's McCole Hardman coming into a team with a quarterback and a head coach that really, really knows offense and how to get the ball deep to a receiver down the field. And with two guys, one with a possible suspension looming, and two a guy that's also got a really big grasp on a contract next year or a $7 million buyout to get released from this team. But Cole Hardman has a really big preseason coming up and a really big first four games of the season coming up because he could replace one of two guys. And it kind of looks now like the roles have been reversed to where is it the Tyreek Hill suspension is a little less than we thought and Sammy Watkins can't stay healthy and can't stay on the field. You might have two speedsters in the future, but again, Brett Veach does it again in the draft. Yeah, and also... Not to say that they would move on from Tyree Kill or anything, but you might be able to see combinations of McCole Hardman paired with each one of these guys because, like you said, Tyree Kill misses any games, which we think that he will. Then you've got him and Sammy Watkins out there to start the season. And if Sammy does have any setbacks or any games that he misses later in the season, then you see what the offense can look like with Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman. That might give you everything that you need to make a decision in the offseason on Sammy Watkins or Tyree Kill and move forward. Again, going to be a fun year next year, and it's getting ready to start. Training camp starts July 26, 27, somewhere around there in St. Joe, and then all of a sudden anything and everything is possible because then the slow motion throws come back. People get to Mm. see Patrick Mahomes for themselves. You get to see these guys move around and 
well, not pads, but you get to see that happen. And then August happens, you get preseason football, and things start to develop a little bit more. Speaking of developments and news, why can't we just listen to Woj? Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Sometimes sports news breaks in the most awkward times. Kind of think last night the Kawhi Leonard news broke at 2 in the morning. Is that right? Somewhere around there for us? I, I was asleep. It was like midnight L.A. time. It was 2 o'clock. Isn't that the most Kawhi Leonard way to do it? I mean, basically. Low-key, low like, hey, like, I'll just do this while everybody's sleeping. They'll react to it in the morning. I don't have to deal with it. Yeah, he just kind of flies under the radar? Yeah. It's just awesome. So for those of you that missed it last night, or for those of you that went to bed early because your 4th of July was a little rough, um, Kawhi Leonard has made a decision. There is no local team tie in this. There's no local atmospheric blend into this topic other than the fact that I would assume that if you're listening to a sports radio station, you're pretty uh, in-depth when it comes to sport news. And this is one of those news stories that took all but basically two weeks to develop and finally dropped. And like the blamed millennial that I am, that I constantly want information now, that I constantly want a trophy for everything I do, these things couldn't be more false. I was excited to know where Kawhi Leonard was going to go. More so because there are times when you fill in for people's shows, you want the news to drop for you. And well, since we didn't have a show today from 10 to 12 with Brandon Kiley, who's on vacation, we're the first show to get to talk about anything that breaks news-wise, and this is the first show on 610 that gets to talk about Kawhi Leonard. Because this was very interesting. This is, again, another way that the NBA proves itself to just have that much more power and shock value and attention and drama than any other sport currently going. Now, you're going to get your breaking news here soon, Kansas City. You're going to get your Tyreek Hill resolution very, very soon. I would assume it's going to be next week. Now, I'm not going to go as far as Chris Broussard in doing, you know, that type of determination on when you get it. But one would assume that you'll get your information next week on Tyreek Hill. It only makes sense. Training camp coming up. Let the team know what they got to do. Right. The Set Chiefs, the record straight. Not only that, the Chiefs have been kind with the information. They've, mm-hmm. been, they've done everything they were supposed to do. They, they suspended from team activity, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to the Kawhi news, there were a couple of nuggets that I broke away. Number one, just... Listen to Woj. Only listen to Wojnowski. He's the only one in this situation that's only going to get the news you need. We'll go back to the Kevin Durant decision. When Kevin Durant was like, I'm going to make my announcement on the player tribune type thing. I'm going to give my side of the story. Adrian Wojnowski says, that's cute. One second. And he releases the information of the Kevin Durant news. 
but he took it from Kevin Durant and gave it to you because Kevin Durant didn't respect Wojnarowski or Kevin Durant's team didn't respect Wojnarowski with the information they wanted to give him. They just said, you know what, announcement's coming at five. Okay. And Woj is the guy, too, that the NBA draft, he's announcing the picks before they happen. Exactly. This guy knows everything before it actually happens in the NBA. Start listening to him. So story number one, Kawhi to the Los Angeles Clippers and it being best for the NBA, number one, just wait for Wojnarowski. Let Adrian Wojnarowski get you set up. Because there were several people, several people that had Kevin Durant to the Knicks. Kevin Durant might be sticking around at Golden State. He went to Brooklyn. Turned out he and Kyrie had a whole plan the whole time. Guess who breaks that news? Wojnarowski. Guess who breaks the Kyrie Irving news? Wojnarowski. As he should. He's the four-letter network's number one man when it comes to this sport. People sit on the edge of their seat when it comes to the NBA offseason. And when Kawhi News is lurking and going around, I'm not sure how much of this, and this is story number two of what Kawhi to the Clippers had me doing. When it comes to Kawhi going to the Clippers, there's nothing more Kawhi than what Nick Price said. Releasing news midnight, L.A. time, 2 o'clock in the morning, local time here. Day after 4th of July, well, technically two days after the 4th of July, when people thought, oh, we don't want to release on the 4th of July because everybody's in the holiday spirit. Maybe you don't know who Kawhi Leonard is. Have you not watched his interviews? Awkward. Celebrations? Awkward. Just quiet to himself. Not razzle-dazzle. Not very rah-rah. In fact, when he celebrated winning the title, it happened, he celebrated for like four seconds. Then he moved on. He didn't even want to hold the title. He's not that kind of guy. He just lets his actions, he just wants to play basketball. But the second biggest important thing was Kawhi Leonard changing the NBA. Literally, changed the NBA. Now you have Klay Thompson, Draymond, and Steph at Golden State. You have LeBron, Anthony Davis in L.A. You have Kawhi and who he brought over to the Clippers and Paul George. You have Russell Westbrook by himself. You have Kevin Durant and Kyrie over in Brooklyn. You have Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid over in Philly. And it's just kind of spread out. And a lot of people, especially local people, which is where I'm going to try to tie this in, say, please don't talk about the NBA. We don't have an NBA team. I hate the NBA. The NBA is full of power teams. Not anymore. Also, you're lying because everybody was talking about Kawhi all week in Kansas City. And now there aren't a lot of power teams. There's not a lot of superstar buildups in other places. Like when the Lakers miss out on Kawhi Leonard, they go get Danny Green. Good player, not superstar. And with Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers for four years, $142 million, $67.2 million, approximately was what he will net after federal income taxes, payroll taxes, and state and local taxes. Gonna make a lot of money, Kawhi Leonard. But he changes the NBA on where he goes. It's very interesting. And then Adrian Wojnarowski tweets, Kyrie Leonard has been recruiting Paul George to find a way to get him to the Clippers, and L.A. pulled it off last night. George goes to the Clippers with Leonard, 
and together they walk into the Staples Center to go head-to-head with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The NBA is a little bit more diluted. Everybody's kind of got their own special force. Now it's not the big three like when the Boston Celtics did it. Now you're more so back in the Kobe Shaq era and solid role players around him. The one-two punch kind of thing. And the biggest story out of all of this is Jerry West, the logo of the NBA. Jerry West has now been, according to Tim Kawakami of The Athletic, he says Jerry West has now been a part of the successful free agent recruitment and landing of Shaquille O'Neal, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and acquiring of the Kobe Bryant and Paul George trades. There is nobody who comes close to this in the history of the NBA or perhaps all of sports. I mean, maybe one of the biggest NFL trades of all time was when Herschel Walker went to the Minnesota Vikings and the Cowboys got those three picks that turned into Irvin, Emmitt Smith, and Troy Aikman and landed a dynasty. But Jerry West, the logo of the NBA, Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers and kind of saturating out the fat of the NBA to make it more of a lean sport everywhere else. Oh, and don't forget, Adrian Wojnarowski should be the only person you listen to when it comes to NBA news because sometimes Jalen Rose, who was in the NBA, says some things that, well, sound like this. As you just saw, Kawhi Leonard is in Toronto. What I'm 99% hearing is that Kawhi Leonard will be returning to Toronto and signing a two-year contract. Mm. Just completed his eighth season. That's going to put him at 10 years. That puts him in position to get the largest available maximum deal for a player of his tenure. Wow. Coming up next, his nickname is Blue Eye, but he's the best pitcher in baseball, and we play him today, Kansas City. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. You heard the liner, Shop Talk. End of the month on Tuesday, they get the entire studio of guys in here. Show and Vern, the 11 o'clock hour, you can get... Levine, Klingler, Wachowski, Fesco, Ron, Vern. All those bros all in one room talking sports. It's pretty interesting. I enjoy that too, that 11 o'clock hour on uh, Show and Vern when they do the shop talk. Also, next week is Christmas in July. Starting Monday, July 8th, we'll do Movie Monday. 48 pairs of tickets to Alamo Draft House. Ticket Tuesday on July 9th. Tickets to Royals, Sporting KC, Mizzou versus West Virginia slash South Carolina. K-State versus Nichols, Baylor, West Virginia University International Champions Cup. Byron versus AC Milan. Kansas Lottery 300 and the Hollywood Casino 400. Wednesday is Wifey Wednesday. $50 gift cards to Back to Body Spa and $50 to Scout and Molly's Boutique. Thirsty Thursday, gift cards to Rye on the Plaza and the Ainsworth and Lucas Wine Spirit Superstore and Flyaway Fridays. You get registered every segment for two tickets to see Chiefs versus Bears along with hotel and airfare that game in December. So you get the whole Chicago experience there. The cold weather, the Bears. You get Nagy versus Reed. You get Trubisky versus Mahomes. Khalil Mack versus uh, Frank Clark kind of action as those two guys have been paired together when it comes to pass rushers. 
You get that offense versus that defense. You get a game that could mean a lot. Could be a Super Bowl preview. This game's on uh, December 22nd, too. Yeah. So, like, right before Christmas, right before the holidays, get out of town. I'm pretty sure it's like a the... Sunday night game, too. Saturday yeah. is a Monday night game. Sunday night Sunday football. Night, yeah, Sunday night football, man. So, yeah. You get the you get the good crew there calling that game. So, yeah, you want to make sure you're listening to 610 Sports Radio Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I know all of you up here handling the phones because it's going to be a lot going on uh, at some points and I'm probably going to get in trouble or demoted. So that's why they put me on phones. I don't know what I did or who I said something wrong to, but I'm on phone duty next week. So I apologize to those of you that like listening to me, but call up. I'll talk to you on the phone. Just make sure you listen. But today the Royals will start at 305. They win last night against the Nationals in extra innings, a game that went four hours and 40 minutes. Oof. So Cody Tapp is probably just now getting up. He's just now getting together because he went to bed at 2 in the morning probably last night as the Royals blew the lead with that bullpen that has just been, well, it's been a thorn in the side of the Royals all year, and it continued that last night. They ended up coming back in extra innings and winning that game again, almost five hours of baseball. Today, I assume that will be a little bit different because today your game starts at 3.05. Cody Tapp will start at 2 o'clock. Uh, here on 610 Sports Radio with Cody's On Deck show starting at 2 p.m. Literally following us right up to the minute of here on Out of Bounds. But there's something that the Royals are doing today that's kind of got you nervous. And if you think that I'm wrong at any point, feel free to tweet at me later today. I love the traffic. At Dusty Likens on Twitter. Seriously. I'm going to say this right now, that the Royals are going to be facing the best pitcher in baseball. And I don't think it's close. Max Scherzer, who went to the University of Mizzou, who is from Chesterfield, Missouri. So there's your hashtag live and local reference. Chesterfield, Missouri, Max Scherzer, a young man with two different colored eyes, whose nickname is Mad Max or Blue Eye, who you might have remembered a couple weeks ago was hitting batting practice, took a bunted ball to the eye, Broke his nose, went out the next night, went seven innings, struck out 10. Max Scherzer has led the National League in strikeouts the last three years. In fact, last year he struck out 300 batters, which is a stat that is just completely absurd. Now, you can have an argument when it comes to Max Scherzer. And you can say that Max Scherzer is the second best pitcher in baseball and that Justin Verlander is the best pitcher in baseball. I'd listen, but I wouldn't agree. Max Scherzer, to me, is old-school baseball, and he's where it comes to pitchers, he's that kind of guy. In 2019 this year, he has 170 strikeouts. That's tops. He's pitched in 122 innings. Well, 122 and a third. His strikeouts per nine so far this year... 12 and a half. And like I've said, he's led Major League in Baseball in strikeouts the last three years. And it made me think, when it comes to Mad Max or Blue Eye, it made me think, when I think of this narrative, that he is the best pitcher in baseball. You look at other pitchers in baseball that can get to his accolades. And in the pregame or pre-show, I started talking to Nick Price. I said, okay, this year, CeCe Sabathia clipped the 3,000 strikeouts, which is something that we haven't seen a lot of. 
right, since the Johnsons and the Clemens and those types of guys stopped playing baseball. Now, this year, CC did it at the age of 38 in his 19th year in professional baseball. Justin Verlander, who sits a little bit ahead of Max Scherzer, is going to do it this year. He needs 141 more strikeouts. He's got 150-some on the year right now. He's probably going to get there this year. Verlander will at the age of 36. But it makes you wonder how many more 3,000 strikeout guys there are left in baseball and who's going to get the most when it's all said and done. Verlander, two years older than Scherzer, is the reason why I would say Scherzer gets the upper hand on being the best in the game currently who throws a baseball. He's also played three more years than Scherzer. Right. Scherzer in his 12th year out of Mizzou, who was with the Tigers, then he was with the Diamondbacks, and then he was with the Nationals. Scherzer at 34 currently sits at 2,619 strikeouts. He's probably going to get 12 today. That's going to put him at 2,631. The next name underneath Max Scherzer to keep it live and local, Zach Grinke, who's probably also going to get 3,000 strikeouts in his career. Cole Hamels, I don't believe, will make it. He is 488 behind. Felix Hernandez might be in his last year. Currently sits at 2,501. Clayton Kershaw, who a lot of people would say had a chance until the last couple years, who's only 31. I think he still probably will. He might get there, depending on injuries, depending on his stability to keep being able to strike out batters. Clayton Kershaw, 2,300. He's got 2,366. Lester, probably not going to get there. David Price. Definitely not going to get there. And then Chris Sale. Chris Sale, who is only in his 10th season, he's only 30 years old. He sits at 1942. Chris Sale's probably going to get 3,000 strikeouts. I would think so. But it is a feat that doesn't happen as much anymore because the game of baseball is so different, which makes it that much more impressive that these guys can go out there and still have the power and the audacity and the weight and the need to to strike batters out at a continuous rate. Like we said, Max Scherzer is currently striking guys out 12.5 times per nine innings. That's disgusting. So when you think to yourself, God, you're being harsh on the Royals. No, I'm not. I'm going under his his strikeouts per nine innings. I'm saying he's going to be anywhere if I had to set the over-under at nine and a half to ten and a half. In fact, I'd put it at ten and a half. So I would tell you, again, I think Max Scherzer is the best pitcher in baseball. His mentality, his knowledge of the zone, the way that he can just get people out with one pitch is absolutely disgusting. His charisma and his uh, fortitude, I guess you could say, the way he pitches and brings himself to the mound is another reason why that eclipses other people like Verlander. And Max Scherzer faces your Kansas City Royals today at 3.05 Central Time as Cody... Taps pregame show starts at 2 o'clock. Again, if you want to look later on today and you want to go, hey, Dusty, you're a clown. Scherzer only had seven strikeouts today. Way to set that over under at 10 and a half. I'll accept it. I'm going below his strikeouts per nine. He's at 12.5 this year. Max Scherzer is the best pitcher in baseball, and it's not really that close. 
Verlander's really, really good. Verlander's also got a really good offense behind him. Now, he does pitch in a small ballpark, and Max Scherzer's got a pretty decent lineup behind him, which is also crazy to think that both of these guys pitched on the same team at one point. But the fact that Max Scherzer does this day in, day out, day in, day out, every time he's on the mound, and that he's striking out 12 and a half batters per nine innings. Again, defend the analytics and say strikeout numbers are up. That's fine. So are power numbers. So is slugging percentage. So is OPS. Now when you face Max, and the kid from Chesterfield, Missouri, who went to Mizzou, faces your Royals today in probably some of the best uniforms you're ever going to see as they wear the Montreal Expo throwbacks and the Kansas City Royals will wear their throwback road uniforms as well, which, well, they look pretty similar to what they have now. It's just basically the writing's different and probably some stitching on the pants will be different as well. Just one more thing, too. One more guy on this list that Kansas City fans will be really familiar with that have seen his greatness is Madison Bumgarner. He currently has 900 less strikeouts than Max Scherzer, and he's played one less year. Now he's five years younger, so he could, might be one of those guys that maybe can get close to 3,000, but that's how much more Max Scherzer is striking out people than a guy who, I mean, you saw the K in 2014, has been one of the most dominant pitchers since he's been in Major League Baseball. He's disgusting. Yeah. And before we go to break, I don't know I know I don't need to do this, but I'll do it again. Max Scherzer, since 2015, to make it relevant since the Royals have won the World Series, in the last five years, one, two, three, four, five, 2015, he struck out 276 batters in 228 innings. The next year, he struck out 284 batters in 228 innings. The year next, 268 and 200. The year after, 300 and 220. And this year, 170 strikeouts and 122 innings pitched. So if you want to look at what his strikeouts per nine are those last five years, disgusting. This year, 12.5. Last year, 12.2. The year before that, 12.0. The year before that, 2016, 11.2. And the year before that, 10.9. He's getting better with age, and he's getting more and more dominant as he leads his league in strikeouts since 2016. No one's been better in the National League, at least, since Max Scherzer. And to this date, no one is better than Max Scherzer in the National League to this date. Coming up after this, the United States women's national team. Just let him play. My goodness. And if you want to blame anybody, go blame Sansa Stark again. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio, live and local, 610 Saturdays. Nick Price, Dusty Likens here with you on Out of Bounds from the text line, 913. They asked me, does Mad Max lead in any statistical categories this year? Innings pitch, strikeouts, FIP, and Ks per nine. And then I get a follow-up. What about ERA? What about WHIP? He's fourth in both of those, by the way. And when you said lead, you're saying what? MLB? A-L-N-L. He leads in the NL in the division that he pitches in. NL. Anyways. Coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. is Jay Binkley on Sunday. He'll be on from, I believe, 10 to 11. And then Cody Tapp will take over at 11 to go to 1130 because the 
Royals will play the Nationals as Jacob Junis will pitch Sunday against the Washington Nationals, and I believe that game starts at 1230. Is that right? Check it out. I just want to be right. They play at 1235. Jay Binkley will go from 11 to 10 to 1130. Cody Tapp will be on from 1130 until 12, and then the Royals will take you up until 1230, and then their game will start at 1235. Again, it'll be Junis versus Corbin, another strikeout guy. I had a little bit of an issue when it came to the women's national team, which the women's national team has a lot of live and local ties because the lady that does the show after us whenever there's not Royals games in the middle afternoon, Jillian Carroll, took a bunch of young ladies over to Paris, France this year to go see these women play soccer, which that is the perfect niche and the perfect group to go do that because that's what this women's team does. This women's team in 99 when Mia Hamm and Brandi Chastain were the leaders of this team won that. Crazy game in kickouts or in uh, in penalty kicks and shootout. Of course, we all remember the Brandy Chastain celebration where she took her shirt off, slid knees first. Mm-hmm. And at that time, that celebration was, quote unquote, accepted. It was fine. There was not a lot of controversy. Again, I was only, I believe, like 11 years old when that happened. So it's kind of tough to think about. It's kind of tough to think about. From my perspective at my age, I don't know if it really was perceived negatively. I don't know how it was perceived locally in the media or national in the media. I just remember that it was one of those celebrations that everybody loved. They won. She slid, shirt off, sports bra, waving around her head, and everybody was together on the women's national stage. Fast forward 20 years. 2019, the world's a little bit different now. We're a little bit more PC. We're a little bit more feelings get hurt a little bit more. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's some sarcasm. And now, when a woman leaves all of her clothes on and sips some tea, she gets criticized for it. Not only does she get criticized for it, but she has to explain herself. And when Alex Morgan did this celebration, it was so great. It felt perfect. Everyone thought it was great. And then all of a sudden it sinks in and everybody goes, well, maybe that's a bad look on our team. Maybe that's a little too much. And when they ask her about it, she has this to say. I feel that there is some sort of double standard in um, for females. Um, in sports to feel like we, you know, have to be humble in our successes and have to celebrate but not too much and have to, you know, do something but it always has to be in a limited fashion and um, you see men celebrating all around the world in big tournaments, um, you know, grabbing their sacks or whatever it is. And um, when I look at sipping a cup of tea, um, I'm a little taken aback and and kind of you have to laugh about it to see all the criticism. Um, so I'm a little disappointed in that. And obviously we were teammates at Orlando Pride. So um, I have the utmost respect for Leanne and all my teammates that I've ever played with. Um, so it's a little disappointing to see that. So I feel her struggle. 
I feel her pain. And like I discussed this on Thursday, filling in for the guys from Fesco in the morning. You either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And I kind of feel, Nick Price, that this women's national team has lived long enough to become its villain. Because the way I described it was when the Patriots won in 2000 or 2001 and Tom Brady replaced Drew Bledsoe and everybody was patriotic because of obviously the circumstances that struck this beautiful country. And everybody loved the Patriots. And I don't want to speak for everybody, so maybe not everybody. But a majority of people were like, you know what, this feels pretty damn good. Patriots in a time where terrorism was really hard. I'm all about Tom Brady and this guy who replaced Drew Bledsoe and was damn good. And then a little bit later on, everybody's like, you know what, I'm kind of sick of this Tom Brady and Patriots thing. Now, have they kind of added to themselves as picking up the role of the heel? Absolutely. Do they still produce? 100%. Move to another sport, the NBA. When Steph Curry lit the world on fire because he couldn't miss as soon as he stepped into the gym and he had his mouthpiece out a little bit and he did a little bit of a shimmy, everybody loves Steph Curry. They thought it was great. And then Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors kept winning games, kept winning titles. Now, again, they went and got Kevin Durant, kind of changed the narrative there a little bit, but they were still the best team in basketball. You couldn't beat them. They won 73-plus games in a year. I think they won 73 exactly. That's disgusting when it comes to wins in a good way. And people started to not like the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green rubbed them wrong too much. Steph Curry's shimmy became annoying. His mouthpiece not being in his mouth when he shoots free throws became something that really got people in the thorn in the side. Still the same team. And now the United States women's national team that no one can compete with when it comes to the world stage in female soccer. Now we're nitpicking. Now we're getting upset. And now they have to defend themselves in a sport where celebrations are just part of the game. It's what they do in soccer. Watch the men. Ronaldo, every single time, runs to the corner where they do corner kicks, jumps in the air, turns around, and screams with his hands to his side. Sometimes they lift their shirts up and it's in a foreign language, or sometimes it says, stop racism, or free my people, or some sort of saying that's kind of controversial. Alex Morgan sips tea, it's a hats off to Sophie Turner, who played Sansa Stark, and now she's got to defend herself. But when Marshawn Lynch grabs his junk to jump into the end zone, it's like, well, that's, I guess that's just Marshawn Lynch. That's the most puzzling thing to me about this whole thing is that, like, the World Cup is all about countries uniting, coming together, supporting themselves, like patriotism, all this kind of stuff. And for some reason, a lot of people in our country were the ones who were being kind of soft and getting up in arms about this. I want to play this Sophie Turner clip for you real quick of Sansa Stark from Game of Thrones is what she played. She's from England, and she has no problem at all with what Alex Morgan did. Okay, I'm on my honeymoon. I'm not really looking at my phone much, but I feel like this deserves um, a mention. Unfortunately, the UK women's football team lost at the World Cup. Um... And of course, I'm incredibly sad and incredibly proud of that team, but I am so honored that we lost to such an incredible team, the US women's football team. Um, Alex Morgan, 
all the haters that are saying that this was disrespectful, um, I'm honored that you thought of me. And uh, all those people that are hating on you are probably sitting at home, millennials drinking kombucha. Um, and I'm really proud of you, Alex Morgan. Congratulations on your win. And that's the tea. First of all, I love so Sophie Turner. She's awesome. She took some time off of her honeymoon to shout come out, out Nick and Jonas. Say this. Shout out Nick Jonas and the Joe Bros are back. But this is more of the approach that we should take when we're looking at this. Like, good for Alex Morgan. You just had an incredible feat in your athletic career. Just let's stop the double standards, people. Let's just let these athletes celebrate their accomplishments and not nitpick every single little thing that they do. Yeah, shout-out Sansa Stark, and shout-out Alex Morgan for scoring that probably the biggest goal in your entire career on your birthday. You're 30 years old. You do what you do. You keep winning and go win a World Cup tomorrow for this country during this great 4th of July weekend. Coming up, um, patience is a virtue, and uh, more than just pitching will come from it. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.